Welcome once again to the Propreneur Podcast, where we help practice owners become better entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Dino Watt. Welcome once again, everybody, to the Propreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dino Watt. Excited to have you here. And again, excited to have just uh, people that I respect and admire as guests on this show that I know can help you no matter what your practice is, whether you're in the chiropractic realm, if you're in the dental realm, if you're in the ortho realm, whatever you're doing, if you lead a team of people and you want to grow your practice, this is the place to be. So thank you for being here. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and also share it with your friends and colleagues because uh, today is a day that you're definitely going to want to share this information We have on the line with us Dr. Whitney Wright, who is going to share with us how to create and maintain a high company culture. And everybody who's ever listened to anything I've ever done knows how passionate and how powerful I think uh, culture is and how it's, it's the one thing that will transform everything. Tony Shea from Zappos says that culture and pipeline are the only two things that cannot be duplicated. So you better make it a good one. So welcome to the show, Dr. Whitney. Thank you very, very much, Gino. I could not be more excited to be here with you. Awesome. This is so much fun. We were talking earlier about how you have a, uh, for those who are only listening to this and not seeing it, you don't see it, but he has a beautiful backdrop of books behind him. And I, I love that. It's a good <laughs> backdrop. Uh, I was doing a, an interview, not on my podcast, on somebody else's, where uh, the person interviewing was really into cats. They really yeah. like their cats. And no joke, but in the middle of the interview, a cat went across the screen. <laughs> in the middle of it, it's like, all righty. So good backdrops are important. So that's good. Excellent. So, Excellent. Uh, well, welcome. And if you would, please just give everybody your uh, quick intro. Let everybody know who you are, where you're from, and sure. uh, why you're here. Absolutely. So my name is Dr. Whitney Wright. I'm an orthodontist. I'm the co-founder of Reese's Dental Embraces, a DSO located in uh, Arizona, Colorado, Texas, and Nevada. We started uh, September of 2011. We now have 25 dental and orthodontic practices in operation and, 700 and you know, 750 employees, over 100 doctors. We've got wow. a surgery on board. Uh, we've seen over 500,000 patients. And um, I... Uh, the the statistic I'm most proud to say is that in our eight years of business, we have given more than five point two million dollars worth of dentistry away for free in the communities that we that we offer. Wow, that's amazing! That's yeah. really cool. I love having that charitable aspect of what you get to do. It's like, fantastic. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you, Dino. I was on the admission board at University of Colorado when I was still a student, and they said to me, you know, or I, I would always ask every applicant, why do you want to be a dentist and every single one of them, every single one of them said, I want to help people. Mm. And then by the time they graduate, it's how can I get the porcelain in the faces? How can I pay off this student loan? How do I provide? What do I, what do I do? And, and the aspect of helping people just completely disappears, but it's still in their hearts. And so if, if you can't help doctors get back to that zone, it just is destructive on so many levels. And so we give them, we give our doctors full free reign to discount whenever they want to do pro bono cases. They, uh, they do free dentistry on labor days. We call it labor of love where we'll mm. donate our, we'll open all 25 practices from 8 a.m. to noon. And this last labor day, uh, we did over $600,000 worth of free dental work for the community. And it's just, it's phenomenal. So being able to wow. continue to help our doctors 
help others is one of the key aspects of our culture. I don't know if I'm jumping the gun by no. already getting into the culture talk. No, no. Well, because I think, so I believe that most people's cultures are rooted in their why. And if that's the first question you ask them or one of the questions you ask them in the admissions, right? The reason why we started to do stuff. And I think a lot of people can relate to, we have this desire, this passion, this, uh, this focus that we want to have when we get into whatever it is you're doing. I don't care what your modality is, but yeah. you get into it for a reason. And then business happens, right? Yes. And then the others, the layers upon layers upon layers start happening. <laughs> that Life, so much, so yeah. much stacking, yes. Yeah, it's like you wake up one day and you're like, wait a minute, what? how come I'm not doing what I thought I was going to be doing, right? Why yes. am I waking up in a cold sweat about my mortgage or payroll? Where did I go wrong? When I used to jump out of bed <laughs> thinking about I'm going to help people. Right? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So I think that's very valuable. And the fact that you are not just giving it, you know, uh, some lip service that you're actually saying, no, we're going to put our money where our mouth is. We're yeah. actually going to really, truly help people. And Make it a part of our, if you will, and, and I know this is a bit, but the corporate environment of a DSO. I think a yes. lot of people, and, yes. and we'll go into this in just a moment for those that are listening that aren't quite sure what that involves, but I think a lot of people uh, can look at a DSO in a negative light of like, oh, it's just a bunch of people just you know, sure. throwing money at something, and then now I'm going to be a slave to this thing, and Correct. it's cold, and it's not warm and exciting. So first of all, let's talk a little bit about what a DSO is and how you got involved with sure. creating a DSO because you obviously were first a practitioner yes. that then saw an opportunity here. That's right. So uh, a DSO is a dental support organization. And so what that means is that there is a management company per se that, that takes care of a good portion of behind the scenes stuff so that the doctors can focus on the dentistry. They do the marketing, they'll, you know, we take care of the billing, the collections, uh, scheduling and uh, IT support lab, all of those things so that the, that our dentists or orthodontists or surgeons, they can all work on what it is that they want to work on, which is patients. You know, they don't have to wear all of those hats. And in our offices, they do wear one or two hats in addition to running, you know, their, their chairs. And that's, to help them be the bosses of their their own offices, you know, we don't have office managers in our in our clinics. The doctors are the office managers. Well, I would I would assume then that that also allows them to be because they're not worrying about all the the back office stuff, if you will. Yeah. That the hat they get to put on, which so many struggle to put on as private owners, is that true leader, the sure. leader that yes. can connect, the leader that can take charge the leader that isn't worried about all that stuff that, like I said, keeps you up at night. Yes, that's exactly that. right. That's, that's, that's awesome. exactly right. And, you know, I, so as a practitioner, I, you know, I went to university of Colorado for dental school. I stayed on uh, for another two and a half years for my orthodontics residency, graduated in November of 2010 and was working for a, a, a quote unquote DSO in Colorado. They're a very big group practice in Colorado. And I, was excited to work for them for the financial aspect of it. I thought that I was going to be able to pay off my student loans rather quickly. I graduated with $478,000 worth of student loans, which mm. might seem like a lot, but now it's not a lot. I've got, I mean, as I was recruiting doctors for the company, I would hear numbers such as five, six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars $800,000. And, yep. and so I really wanted to pay down those loans. So I was working for this company and it was fantastic until it wasn't. And it became a nightmare. And uh, I can't 
really discuss too much about that other than I knew that I couldn't stay there. Sure. I, I knew that I, it was so against my, my own personal feelings and just everything that I couldn't stay there. So another doctor who was working there, friends of my, a friend of mine from dental school, you know, a GP and me, the orthodontist, we said, let's start our own thing and we'll put everything in there that we want and take out everything that we don't want. And it'll just be our, you know, it'll be our company. And so that's when we started Reese's and we started in Arizona and we knew that we always wanted to scale, but I, I, I mean, growing up, I knew when I was 12, you know, that I wanted to be an orthodontist, but I, mm. I mean, I wanted the Taj Mahal practice. Sure. I wanted this big, massive ortho practice with the girls running around and matching shirts and scrubs and the cookie maker and the, and the aquariums and the arcade and you know, and Dr. Wright's the king of it all. And then I, I learned about overhead <laughs> and how much it would cost for me to run an operation like that and what I would have to charge my patients to, know, yeah. to be able to, you know, be financially successful and have the lifestyle that I needed. And then I had this epiphany, this moment where I, I would have this conversation with this patient. They'd say, Dr. Wright, I would love for you to do my braces, but unfortunately I can't afford you. Mm. And it's when I had that thought where I was like, you know what? I, have to, I, I, I can't fathom being able to handle that emotionally. So is it possible for me to, to provide high quality orthodontics for less? Mm. Is it possible to, to provide great service and a great facility for less. And that's what we focused on from the beginning. And we call it the win-win-win at Reese's and everything that we implement across the board, every single decision we make is, is it a win for the doctors? Is it a win for the teammates? And is it a win for the patients? And if it fits all three of those criteria, we'll implement it. If it doesn't, we don't. It's just that simple. And we knew that if we could always stick to that formula of the win-win-win that we would be able to do just fine in whatever market we were in and it would just continue to grow. And that's exactly what's happened. So I shifted my mentality from a Taj Mahal private practice to essentially a multi-practice DSO. But I, I, I never set out thinking to myself, I'm going to build this big DSO and I'm going to be, you know, chief clinical officer. And I'm going to recruit all these doctors. I had, I mean, that was never in the equation. The equation was I want to just, treat people for less with high quality orthodontics. And that's where we came from, I guess. So let's talk about that a little bit, because I'm sure there are people listening about it. Look, there's the, there's the practitioner side of things. Yeah. There's the uh, philanthropist side of things where I want to help people. And then there's the, the actual business side of things, right? No matter how much, like I often use the example of Mother Teresa, right? Like people yeah. don't realize that her companies when she died were worth millions because although she lived in abject poverty, although she was out helping those people and you don't think of mother Teresa as, you know, wealthy, she understood that money is the way that she could actually afford the supplies to help these people and to raise that vehicle. That's 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 exactly right. right? So as a business owner, how do you, uh, how did you connect that? All right. I want to give high quality service, for less, but I still need to make profits. I need to have, be able to pay payroll, stuff like that. How did you come into that? We knew that we had to balance things very carefully in regards to uh, production, collections, and overhead. One of the big fallacies of, you know, dental thinking is the way that I make more money is I constrict my overhead. And so the way that we, the way that we'd explain this to our doctors is think of a bathtub 
and the water coming into the bathtub are your uh, are, is your income, and that's that's your patients, that's that's what's coming in, and then the drain at the bottom of the bathtub, that's your overhead. Mm-hmm. And what the majority of dentists want to do is they want to take that drain and they want to make it as small as possible to keep as much of those profits in in the pool as possible. The problem is, is when you constrict that drain too much, then your office starts to break down. You can't keep your staff because you aren't hiring or you're not paying them enough and they're going to look elsewhere. You're not able to offer the types of services that people are interested in. You're going to have an office straight out of the seventies and, you know, using equipment that's super outdated because you're so, Yeah. yeah, you're so focused on making sure that your overhead is as tight as it can possibly be. And it will completely derail your, you know, derail your ship. It'll, it'll completely turn you off course and it will sink you essentially. Mm-hmm. And so our philosophy is we let, we know where we, we know the size of the drain, what's most optimal, but what we like to do is we like to just turn the faucet on more. And that then allows our doctors to, uh, to make more money. And, the, and some of the ways that we turn the faucet on more uh, without giving away too much of the secret sauce per se, but uh, sure. is um, patience. Uh, our offices uh, are very, focused on taking care of the patients that are in front of them. And 75% of all of our new patients come from friends and family referral, which is a huge Huge number number. in the industry, huge number in the industry. I remember being in my dental school and my ortho residency and them talking about, if you can get, you know, 15% of your patients to, you know, refer their friends and family, you'll be killing it. And and here we are sitting at 75%. And the reason is because we take care of people because we focus on that. That is part of our culture. It is who we are. It is in our DNA. We take care of patients. We take care of doctors. We take care of our teammates. Okay. I'm going to ask for an example of that, of how you take care, quote unquote, take care of people. But I also want to um, dive in to the understanding of, I am a huge believer that within the next five years, the idea of dental referrals to orthodontists is going to be slim to none because if i was a dentist starting a business or even having a business sure today's day and age i would utilize a couple of things my business brain goes this way number one i'm going to go find those guys who are coming out of school right now in ortho and they're eight hundred thousand nine hundred thousand dollars in debt and going to them and saying hey you know what why don't you come work for me i'll pay you 200 a year and you have this little corner over here in my office. We'll make that my ortho section and I'll just keep all those referrals in house. I don't have to do it. I don't have to learn how to be an orthodontist and go to specialty, but I got this guy who does that would make total business sense to me. Yes, absolutely. Now also you add on to that with Invisalign where so many dentists are going, well, I'll just keep it in house and keep that money to my house. So I am a firm believer, and this happened probably when I first got in this in in, in the ortho industry about, oh gosh, 2012, was that what it is? That I saw this as a business owner going, this won't last. It can't last. And if you look at the evolution of most businesses, that type of referral space doesn't last. last. So the, my point of this is the crucial importance of understanding how to get people from within your practice to refer back to your practice, friends, family members is paramount to success in the business today. Absolutely. Paramount could not be more important. So now that being said, 
I'm very interested and I'm sure people listening, like give us an example of, cause I think everybody says, oh yeah, you know, we give the best customer service. Oh, we sure. treat our patients the best. Sure, absolutely. Give me an example of how you really have seen that. And, and obviously the proof is in the pudding. You have a 75% referral base. So yeah. that's obviously working. Yeah. Give those listening uh, an example of that. Um, well, one example is, is our five minute wait guarantee. And when patients check into the front desk, their goal is to have them seated within five minutes. When I was practicing, uh, I would see about 100 to 115 patients in a day, and my average wait time would be 2.4 minutes. Wow. And people love that yeah. because to them, time is, it's yep. a limited commodity. You know, yep. it's, it's a resource that you can't get back. And if people come in and they're waiting longer than five minutes, their experience declines yep. dramatically. Yep. How, you know, do you know, when was the last time you went to the doctor and how, from when you walked in for your appointment time, when did they take you back? Oh, it's easily 10, 15 minutes. Easily. Okay, 10, 15 minutes. And then you sit in the room and then how long until the doctor walks in the room? Oh yeah. First you go through the whole blood pressure sure. thing or whatever with the, yep. with the lackey. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Terrible. I'm sorry. The professional who takes yes. my blood pressure. Yes. And then probably another five to 10 minutes waiting for them. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes a robe that I don't want to be sitting in. Yeah, exactly right. And that's an unpleasant experience. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's something that does not make you feel like you are welcomed, that you are cared about. It makes you feel like you are just a, another blob form in a room that some doctor's going to come in and, and poke and prod. Okay, can I just, uh, let me just say, as you brought that up, I think it's so, okay, I'm a big fan of when people say, oh, we meet your expectations, right? Like, well, then you're not doing anything because my expectation yeah. is to come in and get the thing that I came to get. That's right. What's worse about it though, as you just took me through that thought process is my expectation before I even got there was that I was going to wait for five to 10 minutes, that this is going to not be a 15 minute you know, appointment. This Correct. is going to be an hour, hour and a half out of my day. It was going to take my lunch period yeah. or whatever. And so I'm already thinking that going into it. I'm not happy. I'm nope. knowing this is not going to be a pleasant experience. And then every single thing that I can find that is going to prove to me correct, all the evidence I can collect yes. that, yep, this is a bad experience. Yep, this is a bad experience. It's That's just exactly adding right. to another bad experience. So what I hear you saying, even with a you know, five-minute wait time, to what no one expects a five-minute wait time. Correct. Or less. Yes. No one expects a two-and-a-half-minute wait time. No. So it's when crazy. you get that, it's like, wait a minute, this yeah. is already something different and unique. That's exactly right. You set the pace right there. Yes. And, you know, our operatories, they, they're well lit. They smell good. Each operatory has, or each office has its, uh, has the smell, the Reese's smell. So I learned the importance of smell when I was reading one of my absolute nice. favorite business books that we'll talk about in a little bit. All right. So every office smells the same. Every office looks the same. Every office talks the same. Everything is the same. So it doesn't matter what Reese's you go into, you're going to get the same experience. And that's how you create the raving fans. And that's how you create the experience where people are going to want to send their friends and family because they were well taken care of. They were treated well. They were seen on a timely manner. They were given payment plan options. And, you know, we, uh, Dino, I'm going to, when you said it's important that in, you know, you put your money where your mouth is, we do put our money where our mouth is. We offer a money back guarantee on our treatment. If you, wow. are, if you are unhappy, money back guarantee, that includes ortho. Okay. I'm just going to love that you just said that because you know how many doctors I've gone to and said, I started this way. Um, 
if the person is really not happy at the end of your treatment, you're going to, you're, you're going to refund them. Right. And they're like, 100%. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. I yeah. will. Absolutely. Because I want to be right. Or you're going to work on them until they're happy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course I am. Okay. So then why don't you say that up front? Why don't you say to them, yep. we offer a money back guarantee. And I get so much pushback around that because they, Oh, I don't want to tell them that. I don't want, I don't want to set the, the, the thought that I might not do a good job or we shouldn't have to say that, or I shouldn't have to. I'm like, well, why not? It, yes. it takes away that objection. It makes everybody feel like, well, great. Well, I have nothing to lose here. That's exactly right. Smile guarantee. It's that's, powerful. that's what we provide is a smile guarantee. Another thing that we do that, uh, that brings people back is we offer a no credit check payment plan and people do you know, I got to tell you, when we started our company and we, we did a no credit check payment plan, people just laughed at us and told us how stupid we were and yeah. that we were just going to get so taken advantage of and that, you know, people were just going to walk all over us and it was going to be a terrible disaster and we were idiots. So we started to trust our patients and we use certain verbiage. We have different, you know, ways that we talk to them about this, but do you know what the average dental collections is in the nation? No. Okay. So on average, if you can get above 85%, actually it's 82% collections from your production as a GP uh, or even, you know, 87% as an orthodontist, then you're killing it. Then you're like, you're in, you're in the top echelon, just really doing well. And Patients, we talk to them about that. We develop, you know, a, a good relationship, and our collections rate is ninety-four percent. Wow, that's amazing! And it's and it's because we take care of our patients, and they then in turn want to take care of us. And so, it are you going to get some outliers that are going to take advantage of sure. you? Sure, absolutely, of course. absolutely. But it's that's just part of the overhead. Yep. And if that's just part of the size of your drain in your tub, yep. but it allows you to turn your faucet on more, why wouldn't you do that? I will guarantee that there are people listening to this right now who are writing off way more than that Yeah. for those absolutely anyway, way more. Absolutely. You, um, oh gosh, there's so many things I want to talk about. Okay, so <laughs> the first thing is, is that um, you had said something that I think is really important that not a lot of people get, which is usually in the sales process, one of the like one of, one of the most old ways to think about sales is that people buy from people that they know, like, and trust. Correct. The mis the the, un, the misunderstanding about that is this: is people buy from people that they know, like, and trust them. So that's if a you great point. Show your patients that you trust them. Mm-hmm they're more willing to do things for you, like pay on time or absolutely. talk to you when they're having a Ab- rough time. And absolutely. Like, so that is such a key vital point. The other thing I wanted to ask is, uh, and I, I asked this kind of facetiously, but I'd love to get your, your response on this. Sure. So I'm assuming then because, um, you know, people come to Reese's ortho, they want to see, Dr. Reese every time, right? They're going to be upset if they don't see Dr. Reese every time, right? Because you can't, you have to deliver, like if it's Reese, you got to see that they want to see the star. They want to see the doctor, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's funny you say that. Um, we, we don't put anyone in a spotlight in that, 
in that arena because it's simple. That person gets hit by a bus, then what do you do? That's right. So our, our name is our brand. There yes. is no one person or, you know, someone who we put up on a pedestal as, you know, the Elon Musk or, or right. you know, anybody who is, you know, the, the guiding light. Because in the end, that person is replaceable. A hundred percent. Everybody is replaceable and Everyone's everyone replaceable. can break down and everyone can go through a terrible experience and have to leave. But if you put your focus on your office, on your, your name or, you know, I just, we, we know that it's not prudent to hang every, hang everything on uh, one nail. And so. Well, what you're doing is you said it earlier and I don't know if a lot of people caught this, but when you use all of the same technologies, the same language you mentioned, we use the same language, yeah. we use the same look, the same smells. So I call this the Disney experience, right? I used to work for Disney. I love <laughs> uh, being able to go to Disney University. Oh, we're going to talk. We're going to love about. We're going to love talking about my book then. Yeah, great, awesome, because that's one of my favorite things. Is that you go? No, no one goes to Disneyland and walks around going like, "Where's Walt? Where's Walt? I need to see Walt to make this a real experience. I have to see Walt." Like he's been, he's been gone for over 50, 60 years. Yes. Steve Jobs has been gone for almost a, a, a decade now. Yeah. And yet we still feel that because they set up a parameter, a, a, a culture. And mind you, I believe most people use culture incorrectly. I, I often quote, you know, that famous Spaniard, uh, philosoph philosoph philosophic leader, Inigo Montoya. <laughs> you keep saying that word i do not think it means what you think it means a lot of people use culture incorrectly and so what i what you're creating there is the physical appearance the verbal appearance of the culture yeah. and then you deliver the thing that you say you're going to deliver people aren't going to whine about not seeing the quote-unquote celebrity right the star the Correct. dr reese the doctor so-and-so yeah and, and I think it, that's a hard ego thing for people to get over. Oh man, ego, yes. But it's so true that people are okay as long yeah. as you are willing to do it. I agree. And uh, you know, to circle back to the, to the win-win-win of Reese's, mm. you know, the, the question of, well, how, you know, you've talked about the win for the patients. What's the win for the teammates? What's the win for the doctors? So the win for the teammates is they work three days a week. They work mm. 36 hours a week. And that allows them to have another job if they want, to be with family if they want, or to go to school full-time if they want. Sure. We have put a lot of Reese's uh, teammates uh, through, um, well, I don't say that we financed it, but we helped and coached them through college. And then into dental school, we have many assistants who have then since come back and are now working for us as doctors That's and awesome. soon to be orthodontists. It's amazing. It's, it just makes That's me so happy. And we do medical benefits and um, our dental benefits, you know, uh, while I was helping to start up Reese's Dental and Braces here in Phoenix, I was working for a DSO PDS. Am I allowed to say that? I don't know what that is. It's Pacific Dental Services. Oh, okay. So it's a DSO PDS. Um, and I, uh, my wife needed some dental care. And so brought my wife in, they took some x-rays and they gave us a smoking discount. As me as the orthodontist in the office, they gave us a 10% discount on treatment. I was floored. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me, right? Like this is a dental office and the best you can do is a 10% discount. Wow. So at Risa's, our teammates, they get 100% dental coverage and that includes their spouses and their children. That includes wow. 
uh, crowns. And so, I mean, anything that we offer, our teammates get for free and they love it. They absolutely love it. And that includes the doctors and their families as well. So I'm sorry. So you do both dental and ortho inside of your offices. Exactly. So okay. there's three GPs and one orthodontist in each office. So there's okay. four doctors per office and the offices are open Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. And the doctors work three days a week. And so they have three 11 hour days in a week and that's it. And so there's always two doctors in the office and they share 66 hours of a week between the four of them. Okay. So two things. Number one, you said Monday through Saturday. Yep. Hello, um, just just differentiator. Yep. Another thing I've often said is that if I were to start my own dental practice, I would go into the town and I would see exactly what the other orthodontists and doctors are not doing. Correct. And do that. Yes. Those, you know, you have to take your Fridays off. You know, wait, can you work a Saturday? Yep. Cool. I, there are patients <laughs> who will love to have the yes. fact that I'm here on Saturday. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, the other thing is, is again, I just want to, I, 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 I worry that there might be a few people listening to this that are discounting. Oh, well, I mean, it's not the same people all the time. Wow. It sounds like a factory, blah, blah, blah. But if you listen to what exactly you said, when you are the support system that, that you have there, I'm going to, I don't know the answer to this. And I, I could totally blow up in my face right now. What's your turnover rate for employees? For dentists and doctors or for teammates? Sure. Which? Uh-huh. Both. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so our, in eight years, our turnover for our doctors has been less than 5%. Wow. And for our teammates, I would put it at about 25%, maybe 30%. So you are finding doctors who want to have the experience of uh, working in an amazing practice, delivering the thing, like you said, in the admissions, yeah. right? Going all the way back to admissions to be actually change people's lives and not have to worry about the business side, the entrepreneurial side of sure. things. Yes. It's interesting because I'll talk to doctors about associates, right? Obviously mm -hmm. associates come up a lot, private practice owners. I need to get an associate. They need yeah. associates. Great. Finding them so hard, you know, finding them so hard. I get it. I get, I get, you got it. You got to like go through a lot of people, but yes. what are you teasing them with? What are you showing them the value of this? Are you, are you helping them see that? And by the way, by associate, I don't mean a guy who's going to come in and take over your practice. I mean, you need another body inside your practice Correct. to help multiply yourself because you're only one person. That's right. And I get the pushback of, well, but everybody wants to buy, you know, after a couple of years, whatever. I'm like, no, 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 go find the people who want to just do an amazing job and make an amazing living. Yes. And they have no interest in being an employee, uh, an entrepreneur. Correct. Because not everybody should be, by the way, first of all, an entrepreneur. Agreed. 100%. <laughs> I, I completely agree. And second of all, if you give them the picture, which it sounds like what, that's what you guys are doing. You, 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 you create a picture, a very colorful picture, a, a very thorough picture of what business ownership could look like without having to own the business. Yes. That's exactly right. You don't, there's no, there is no risk with Reese's. You're not, you know, with the first group that I was doing with Colorado, I was going to be doing two orthodontic practices and they were going to charge me $1.3 million over 10 years at 10% to have those practices. Hmm. And that was a huge amount of money. And it, and the thing is, is if I left before I had finished paying off those practices, the chance of me recouping any of those costs were very slim yeah. as I was seeing with the other doctors in that company. So to join Reese's, it costs zero dollars because we saw the detrimental effect that it had to join a group practice like that. 
doesn't cost anything for the GPs or the orthodontists. And then we have these fantastic awards and bonuses that we give. And kind of upside. Yeah, there, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of upside. Uh, and our doctors are in the top 5% income earners for dentists in the nation. Wow. That's on amazing. three days a week. Yeah. And, and they, they probably are some of the top um, all night sleepers in the nation too. <laughs> well, they know that when they're not at work, someone else is. Yeah. And they've got, you know, that there's a huge support system and a big, a huge safety net to where it's going to be okay. You know, I, when, when I was doing recruiting for the company, I would hear doctors say all the time, you know, Whitney, the, the thing about a private practice is it doesn't matter where I am. If I'm in the practice, if I'm at my house, if I'm at my kid's soccer game, I'm at the practice. Mm. My brain never stops. Yep. I can't ever turn it off. I can't ever turn off my practice. Yep. And, and that's, that's not a good um, lifestyle. That's, I mean, that's the, the work-life ratio there. That's not fantastic. And so we want to give a nice uh, work-life balance when you're working, you're working hard. When you're playing, you're playing hard. And, you know, let's give you some income so you can enjoy your playtime and, you know, give you enough time off to where you can recoup and, and enjoy your time. So, yeah, that's 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 so powerful and so so necessary. Right. Helping people understand that life is about being holistic. And if your brain is so focused on those other things while you're everywhere else, you're, you're not there. No. Um, you know, I mentioned in, in, in my in my first book about how oftentimes I'll go to doctors and I'll say, okay, so what's the most important thing in your life? And, and usually like knee jerk reaction, oh, my family, my family, my family. Yeah. And I'll say, okay, where do you spend most of your time? The office. Yep. Like then it's not All possible. Mm-hmm. It's not possible. You cannot mm-hmm. consider that to be the most important thing in your office if you're making the most important thing your business. That's right. That's I get exactly it. Right. We yep. got to work. I get it. But to provide. you're not setting it up in a way. And, and there's two things to that. Number one, as you're building a business, I think it's okay to say, you know what, the most important thing in my life right now is building the business, just as yes. long as everybody's aware of that. Correct. So you don't lie to everybody and you're breaking promises. <laughs> the second part of that is to say, all right, how do I get it to become the most important part of my life? If you really yes. want it to be that way. Yes. Okay. We could literally talk for hours on this stuff. I it's love true. what you're doing here. It, I, thank is, you. Thank you. It's, really, it's, it's something that I'm definitely passionate about. You can tell, you can tell. And I, I love the ways that you have uh, really implemented. Listen, I get kickback from pushback. I should say from people at kickback, I get pushback from people all the time about, Hey, you know, you could run it like this. You could be, you could use, use a Disney principle. You can use a universal principle. You can use a Zappos principle in your practice. That's why I do what I do. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I just don't have time for that. Oh, I, you know, that's just not the way things are done. Oh, I'm going to push back. They'll make up stuff because yeah. it's a lot easier to deal with the devil that we know than the devil that we don't. And right. they think it's going to be painful. That's right. um, so I love the service that you're giving. I love what you're able to uh, share with people here on this show as well. Um, what would you say are, some, do you have any like real uh, one or two like real world results of doctors that you were able to talk to see that they needed some help and now they're, they're thriving because they were able to join Oh, absolutely. We've had many, many dentists who were bankrupt, whose practices were going under, who were on the brink of divorce, who were 
you know, just, just absolutely being crushed by the scenario that they were in. I've got dozens and dozens of stories of doctors that join with us. And then all of a sudden they start making this great income. They've got, you know, four days off a week. They're being able to be the boss in their office because our doctors hire and fire their own staff. They set their wages. I mean, they are the doctors of the office, but it's Dr. Light, you know? And so it's very beneficial for them to feel like they are in control and charge, not only of their offices, but of their own lives. And it's just been extremely amazing to watch the transformation of these doctors who felt as though they were nothing more than a pair of hands in a chair to all of a sudden their voice matters, their ideas count, and their staff just adore them. So I'm going to ask you a question that uh, is a little self-serving because I think I already know the answer to this. Okay. But um, so I believe that if I was a doctor in say your situation where maybe there was a bankruptcy about to happen or we're just not thriving the way that we need to be, I'm stressed out, I'm, I'm staying uh, awake at night trying to figure yeah. this whole business thing out. But I have created a really great culture. Like I've been able to, I have a team, not a staff. I have a team that is, is thriving with me. I have loyalty. I do great work. Um, the community knows me and likes me because I've really built that up. How, how much more valuable is that to you? And that's, and I should have prefaced this. We're going to like you as a uh, business owner, somebody who's trying to acquire more businesses or more practices. The value of that guy versus the guy who is who hasn't done any of that but is doing okay in business or maybe even you know stri- uh, struggling a little bit but has no real culture, is more of just like the taskmaster, uh, just doing things to get things done, trying to just focus on the business only and not actually the culture of the business. How do you, how do you differentiate the value between those two? You can't teach people to be cool. You, you just can't teach people that <laughs> yes, don't have the soft I'm, skills. I, I've you, tried. <laughs> you can't teach the soft skills. And so if I've got two candidates in front of me and one of them runs a successful practice, has an amazing culture and is engaged in not only uh, doing dentistry, but also learning and being a part of the community. And I have someone else who only focuses on themselves and just, you know, cares about their bottom line. It's a no brainer, Dino. I'm going to want the more well-rounded, the more, you know, culture sensitive, the more uh, driven individual, but that's not to say that the other candidate can't be a good fit in one of our offices in a different role. If you put both of those doctors in the same office the weaknesses and strengths of each other oftentimes balance out Hmm. and they both lift each other. And, and so we're not scared to take on both and to see where it is. And if it works out great, if it doesn't great, we're willing to give people a try. People are willing to give us a try. It's, it's a mutual thing. And so if we're not a good fit for you, we understand it. If you're not a good fit for us, we understand that. And so our goal is just to find the best doctors that really have a desire to not only do well, but also to help others in, in the interim. Love it. Love it. Okay. Unfortunately, we have come to, uh, the, most of our uh, listeners are driving up to their driveway right now or all driving right, up all to right. the office. And so yeah. we're going to get to our rapid fire section sure. of our questions where I'm going to just ask you some quick questions. You okay. need quick answers. Ready? All right. Yes. All right. What do you think is the most expensive thing that private practice owners are missing inside their practice? Trios Scanner by Henry Schein. Trios Scanner by yep. Henry Schein. Yes. Why? 
It's amazing. It'll do a full mouth scan in a minute and a half. You can do, you can print 3D models from it. You can do crowns, you can do retainers, you can do everything with this thing and it could not be faster. It's nice. phenomenal. It works on every 3D printing program. As someone who just got the scan done yesterday and had that thing jammed in my mouth and- Was it a Trios? No, it, okay. uh, it was, uh, I don't know what it was, but it was sure. for it was finishing up my uh, Invisalign. Sure. And uh, that thing jamming in my mouth and moving mm-hmm. around, I was like, this is one of the most uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I love the trios is because it is as fast as can be and just phenomenal. People love it. That's love awesome. It. Very yeah. cool. Every office but has one. Now we're going to come to the place where I know you've been, you've been uh, itching to talk about what's a book that you think. Oh, I need my book. Read. Okay. So this book was instrumental in helping start Reese's Dental Braces on my, on my end. It's called Creating Magic by Lee Cockerell. And he was the executive vice president of Walt Disney World for years and years and years. And this book gave me an unlimited amount of ideas and thoughts of how to improve the culture in my offices, in my life, with my family, with myself, with those around me. Like this, this book right here is my, is just, it's got a special place in my heart. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I love this. This is like the best. We will totally put a link to that in the bios. And yeah, and, Disney yeah. Institute, it's phenomenal. Well, I'm a, in, in, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a huge Disney fan. If you have Disney Plus, have you watched the new Imagineering story? I, it's on my watch list. I do have Disney Plus. We've been trying to, so we've been good. trying to do Mandalorian and, and catch up all of the Star Wars before we go and see it today at three. Uh, apparently you're just as a side note for anybody watching, apparently you have to, it is going to be very beneficial to have watched the last episode of Mandalorian mm-hmm. to understand something that happens in the new Star Wars movie. Can't wait. So, I'm ready then. You got to watch it. But that Disney Imagineering story, six part series, fascinating to hear the the behind the scenes and i'm also doing a master class right now with uh bob uh, Iger, the ceo of disney i'm doing a master class with him and it is so cool to hear the backstories of how he was able to negotiate and acquire uh pixar and that turning the company around so love it love it love it that's and we could talk for hours all right um okay so first of all before we finish the last two questions Mm -hmm. how can people reach out to you and 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 find you and get and get more of you so on the business side reesesdental.com uh, if you're looking for a job, looking for information, there's tabs and all that stuff to find me personally. I have my own podcast, Dino, that I've been uh, nice. recently working on. Yeah. It's called the right talk and that's going to be on all platforms. And I am easily accessible through Twitter, which is at talking right with my last name, of course, W R I G H T. So that's how people can get a hold of me. I'm sure I'll come up with some email or something in the future, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm great. working on. Thank you. Oh, perfect. That's awesome. Okay. So what's the best advice that you've ever received in your life or business? And I know that's a tough question. Figure out how much is enough. Because if you don't know how much is enough, enough is never enough. And you'll drive yourself into the ground trying to get to something that you don't know if it's enough. And we, we all know those guys who, who do live their life with like, I don't know. I don't know. I just need more. Just need more. Just need more. Just need more. Yeah. Yeah. I so never, I never forget talking to a, an orthodontist who I was, you know, great guy out of Texas, and he said, "Do you know I see uh, eighty to ninety people a day? I make a great living. I have a team that I love, and uh, 
I don't care to grow. Like I'm, I get to snowboard in the winter when I want to snowboard. I get to uh, water ski. I've created my life. And I'm like, then don't, don't tell, don't let anybody else tell you that you have got to go for more or whatever. Correct. That's perfect. That's wonderful. So I love it. When is enough? Thank you. When enough is enough. Lastly, what's the best resource or tool that you think every private practice owner should have in their practice right now? Um, GP or ortho or sure for GP, I'd say intraoral camera. Okay. Um, absolutely for ortho, I'd say that Henry Shine Trio scanner, absolutely hands down. Awesome, very cool. Um, one of the things that we try to do in this podcast is really to pick up how pick apart the best practices that we can find from our guest, and we've had every, we've had guests on from like horse therapy people to mm-hmm. uh to the, the guy who who co-wrote a book with john chapman about the five love languages and what you've really been able to contribute in this episode and i'm really grateful for is the fact that uh, people can have culture inside of their own private practice they can have it inside of a dso yeah that there are options for people to create that culture and yes. it's so powerful i love your enthusiasm around it and your excitement around it as well I can't thank you enough for being a, a, a guest on this show. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks. You know, it's been an absolute pleasure. And ever since I met you uh, as a speaker at, on the, uh, the ortho circuit, I, I couldn't tell you just how grateful I am to have you in my life as well. Oh, uh, thank you. That means, yeah. that means a lot. Absolutely. Um, well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Propreneur Podcast. Again, as you know, always, we are doing our best here to help you have more productivity in your life be more proactive and make more profit in both your business and personal life. Thank you for listening to this episode. We will see you on the next one. Thanks so much again for listening to the Propreneur Podcast. We really appreciate your support. If you haven't subscribed already, please make sure you do so. Also, if you feel like you might be a good fit for our podcast as a guest or know somebody who you think would be, go ahead and email us at dino at dinowatt.com. Again, thanks for support. We'll see you on the next episode.